Welcome back to my side quest for the adventure mechanics. I'm Chandler, and once again, it's just me for this episode. Between episodes, I participated in a game jam called OMG Jam 8. Link in the show notes. If you've listened to the last two episodes of this side quest, you'll know that I talk about game jams. I talk about them a lot. And I haven't really explained the anatomy of a game jam, so let me divert from progress on my game, which is in the middle of making and putting art assets into it, to talk about the process of participating in a game jam. Trust me, this is still relevant to finishing my game for a wider release. Let's start with what is a game jam. For those who haven't heard me rant about game jams before, ooh, you're in for a treat. A game jam is a time-limited game design challenge where a theme or restriction is given at the beginning of the jam. Once the timer starts, the developers or teams have the time given to come up with a design and execute on it. Once that time is up, the developers or team will have to submit what they have, and depending on the game jam, they will have the opportunity to review others' work. It's actually kind of a symbiotic relationship. It's the entire design and execution process condensed down into a small chunk of time. It's a great way to determine where you're weak in the process and where you're actually really good at it. Now that you have a general idea of what a game jam is, let's talk about preparing for one as a participant. Let's start with getting ready for a game jam. First and foremost, you're going to have to set time aside for the jam, like all that you can muster. Make sure that you're not committing to any social engagements during the jam. Let everyone who could interrupt you know that you're going to be unavailable during that time. It may be obvious, but interruptions during the jam will pull you out of the flow and need to be mitigated before the jam starts. It's hard for me to get back into this state of flow once I'm jarred out of it, so this early mitigation strategy really does pay dividends after I start. Next, make sure that you have all the provisions needed for the jam before starting. Need caffeine? Grab enough for a crunch. Need snacks? Grab days worth of your favorite snacks. Need to force yourself to sleep and get up early? Well, set alarms to remind yourself when to sleep and when to wake up. And don't forget to take care of meals while jamming. All of these preparations will save you from spending time during the jam figuring them out. That mental overhead does not need to be there, and taking care of it ahead of time will keep you working longer on what you really want to do. When you're done with the physical and social preparations, then comes time for getting your tools ready. Or maybe beforehand. Depends on which way you prefer. This may sound like a given, but I've seen many teams spend an inordinate amount of time learning their tools and getting them working during a jam. This is not only counterproductive, but it's a sign you're not ready for the jam itself. If you want to practice with a new framework, great! Uh, just do it. do a dry run beforehand. Go through a couple of tutorials so you know the basics, and make sure you go through the packaging and or building steps before you start. This will save you time during the jam trying to figure out the packaging process and how it works for your engine you're using. You don't want to go through the entire jam only to get stuck at the end trying to figure out how to package it up for release. It's hard to diagnose issues when you're tired and burnt out from a weekend of jamming. Trust me, I've ran into this exact issue multiple times, and I hate myself every time it happens. Don't do this to yourself. Prepare beforehand. Next up, let's talk about starting the jam. Once you have all of your affairs in order and you're comfortable with your tools, it's time to start the jam. If it's a theme release, you want to brainstorm some ideas on what you and potentially your team want to make. Brainstorming will help you organize your ideas and how feasible they are 
to get done during the jam. It may feel like it's a waste of time, but like preparations made before the jam, it'll pay off later. Don't go with your first idea. It may not be the best one for the jam. Work out several ideas and keep the scope as small as possible on each idea. As you work through them, you'll likely lean towards one idea that you particularly like. Spend some more time on it and flesh it out some more. If it fits the theme and you feel confident that you can complete it, work through what needs to be done to get your game to your vision. Write out all the details in a way you can track. Some of the ways I've done this is writing everything onto a whiteboard, putting everything onto sticky notes, or even sharing everything onto a Trello board. However you organize it, make sure that you're updating it as you go along. Planning without follow-up is not very useful. It's also nice to see the progress you've completed when you move the sticky note or erase the task from the board. That little action may be the difference between getting overwhelmed and quitting actually completing the game jam. Everything you can do to keep the motivation high during the jam is something worth trying. Next, let's talk about working through the pain. One thing I've noticed that isn't really mentioned whenever somebody talks about participating in a jam is the inevitable exhaustion and blocks that come up. Exhaustion is going to happen. That's normal. I've hit this every time I've participated in a game jam. Everyone. Taking a break, a nap, or a walk aren't going to bite into your dev time more than you trying to gut through the exhaustion is going to. Do what you need to do to get back into a good mental state. If you're working exhausted, you're not going to give the jam your best. The same really applies to all things in life, come to think about it. In that same vein, hitting a design or mental block isn't something to fear either. You're going to be working on a whole game all at once. Getting stuck on one thing doesn't mean that you're no good at being a dev. It means you may need to switch to something else or maybe spend some time away from the game. These are going to happen and you'll want to accept it early so you don't spend time fighting them instead of developing. It's all about getting that complete game. Next, let's talk about finishing strong. When you have a complete game, congratulations! It's no easy feat getting a game done on time for a jam. On the other hand, if you find yourself running out of time and still have that wall full of things to do, it's time to finish what you can and prepare your game for release. You've entered into the game jam to finish something, so having something to show for your efforts should always come first. There's no shame in having to cut features to get your game over the finish line. Other devs are having to make these same hard choices to get the finished product. If anything, it's a sign that you're willing to make the hard choices to finish the game. As for the worst case scenario, which is you don't have enough of a game to release for the jam and you need to withdraw. It sucks, but it's going to happen. Life comes up, and you don't have the time to finish. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. You still learned a lot during the jam. At least I hope so. That's something to be proud of. Take those lessons you've learned and carry them forward. It's only a failure if you don't learn from them. I always feel like crap when I have to withdraw from a jam, but every time I've done that, I just couldn't get to a completed game. Regardless of why you don't finish, though, make sure that you go through the proper channels and either withdraw formally or announce that you won't be able to finish to the group. Don't ghost everyone, especially if others are depending on you, as in a team. Be a good participant of the jam. This is supposed to be fun, after all. Finally, let's talk about the aftermath. You've worked yourself ragged and you've finished the jam, but you're not done. Most jams have a rating period, like the Ludum Dare does. 
If the jam you've entered doesn't have a rating period, you'll still want to go through the entries and play some of them. See what other people came up with and give them feedback. Not only is this a good way to get feedback on your game, but it's just a good thing to do for the jam community in general. You all went through the same jam, and it's time to see what people have come up with. Who knows, maybe you'll see something amazing, or maybe you'll see someone else did something very similar and you might want to collaborate with them in the future. This little bit of extra time after the jam, usually like two to three days, is important. Use it. One final thing that is useful, at least to me, is doing a blameless post-mortem. It's time to evaluate what happened during the jam, what can be improved, and most importantly, what you did well. Not a whole lot of people do this, and I think it's only to their detriment. Postmortems are the critical lens needed to grow as a developer and acknowledge your accomplishments. Go over the project with a critical eye. If you really need it, eh, use something like an Agile Retro. I can't believe I just said that, but it is a good tool. I think I actually gagged a bit using work lingo in this podcast, but whatever. Retro formalizes the process of doing a postmortem and may help you get started on it. I'll link to an explanation of what an Agile Retro does and how to use it in the show notes. Finally, let's talk about takeaways. So I've gone over all this, and for what? Well, being true to myself, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to talk about my entry for OMG Jam 8 into the grinder and do a proper postmortem for my own work. Good for me, right? The theme for OMG Jam 8 was Recycle. I spent the morning of the first day thinking of games I could make for the theme. I ended up with a tile-based puzzle game where the player can switch between bodies and recycle them for the next level. I initially wanted to use like physical like meatbag bodies a la Carbon Frame, but I decided against using them since it would bring up other issues thematically that I didn't really want to attack in this particular jam. I.e., you know, the Matrix battery thing. The jam host, GameDev's Quest, provided an assets pack to work with for the jam on top of this. I found some music and sound effects that worked from the asset pack, but it didn't really have any artwork that really inspired me for what I had in mind. I wanted to stay in the spirit of recycling, however, so I went out to opengameart.org and found an asset pack that matched the feeling for what I was envisioning. I found a workable CGA-style asset pack that had a bunch of robots that were included in it that I could figure out how to make it work. I spent the first night building the engine in Pygame and fleshing out a few of the core mechanics. I decided to stick with Pygame for this jam because I didn't want to pivot to another engine in a tiny time frame and mess myself up when I went back to my other project. I woke up early the next day and started implementing the base of the engine I was making. I spent a good portion of that next day looking at rectangles and got sick of it after dinner. The rest of the day I spent adding and mapping out that asset pack that I chose and putting it into the game. I think I spent too much time getting the asset pack to map properly, but now I have a robust way to map and scale images for future games, so I'll take that as a small win. By the end of day two I was able to go through one level with one of the robots, but I didn't really have all the unique robot features implemented yet. I knew I wanted three unique robots at a minimum, so I had to come up with something for each of them by the next day. I went to bed thinking on that one. On the last day of the jam, I started off by finally nailing down those capabilities of all the robots. I implemented their special features and started making the instructional levels for showing the powers to the players. I didn't have time to do like a formal tutorial, 
So I ended up doing the teaching by using. I got what I would call the tutorial levels done and uh, added a couple more for posterity, totaling out to about five levels. I ran into issues with coming up with unique and interesting puzzles for the design that I had, but I'm happy with what I came up with. When I finally added the sound effects, music, and menus that evening, I felt good about ending the jam on a high note. Then I had to package the game for release. It just wasn't cooperating with me. My first try ended in abject failure, not packaging at all. I spent the next two hours trying to get a successful package to work. By the end of the night, I finally got it working, but I wasn't a happy camper for all that effort that I spent on trying to get the thing to package correctly. I had the Monday after the jam off work, so I went through and played all 25 games entered into the jam that I could play, and gave feedback on each of them. I got some decent feedback from some of the other participants and went to bed happy. On Tuesday evening, a streamer named Darzington mentioned that they would be playing my game with a number of others on Wednesday. Needless to say, I was surprised that any streamer would be interested in playing games from such a small jam. I watched her stream for a while while I was working and admittedly got sidetracked, since those were the same games that I played a couple days before. There were a number of participants in the chat, so it was really fun spending time with them as Darzington played various entries and gave feedback on each of them. There were a number of really good suggestions that she gave on my game in particular that I made note of in the codebase and I might come back to if I decide to work on this project again. Overall, I had a really positive experience with this game jam. I may not have gotten as many levels into my game as I wanted, but I did get more into it than I expected. Packaging up into the grinder was probably the worst part of this game jam, and that was mostly due to me being tired when I went to go package it into a final release. There are a number of things that I'm weak at, and this jam really poked at them, especially designing a compelling puzzle, but I felt I was able to make something interesting out of it despite that handicap. Having art and sound assets already available for use when the jam starts was a whole new experience for me, one that I would certainly like to repeat. In future jams, I may create a few art assets to work with before the jam begins, just so I can pull from them and get working on my idea immediately. I really like not having to spend a whole bunch of time working on artwork that would only have to be set aside when the mechanics that implement that art aren't implemented. To top it off, participating in a stream that talked about some of the more interesting entries was a novel experience. For larger jams like Aludum Dare, participating in something like that might not be possible, but wherever it is, I will absolutely want to do it. It was such a wild and great experience. I can't thank Darzington enough for doing that. Well, that's about all I really wanted to say about game jams in general and OMG Jam 8 in particular. If you'd like to try my entry for OMG Jam 8 into the grinder, there'll be a link to it in the show notes. Next time, I'll be giving a beefier update on my game and another topic that relates to it. As always, if there's anything you'd like me to talk about next time, reach out to me on Twitter as JCSiron. This has been the Adventure Mechanic SideQuest, and I'm Chandler. I'll talk to you next time.